converting to Islam. The 100,000 converts now is up from an estimated 60,000 10 years ago. BBC Asian Network reporter Kathleen A prisoner who she claims is being bullied by Muslim inmates who want him to convert to Islam. He's had black eyes. In the showers, Sources acknowledge forced conversions are a problem, but just how significant is unclear. One former prison officer, now a prison law consultant, believes it's on the increase. Islam, a religion of peace, a constant source of controversy and heated debate in the public media. Certain Muslims are seen as troublemakers, but what happens when troublemakers turn to Islam? Recent reports by Sky News have shown Muslim prisoners forcing other inmates to convert to the religion using extremist methods which are commonly known to be associated with terrorism. Due to these reports, young practicing Muslims all over the country are feeling disheartened and misrepresented by the media. Let's unravel the truth about what's really happening with the prayers from the penitentiary. A world which is unknown by many of us, filled with those who breach the law of the land. A dangerous place where criminals are punished for their immoral actions in society, suffocated inside four walls, constantly reminding them of their punishment. We shall now investigate inside these four walls and discover the true reason why people are embracing the faith. What is pulling them towards a religion, or are they being pushed? Throughout this journey, we will speak to a variety of individuals involved with prisons and witness the growing rise of Islam before their very own eyes. We talk to people on the front line and behind the scenes so we may obtain a fair understanding in regards to this matter from all walks of life. Michael Don Smith sits on the board of Diversity, Race and Equality for Featherstone Prison and Brinsford Youth Offending Institutes. We spoke to Michael Don Smith on the issue of alleged forceful conversion to Islam. Michael offered some objective and fascinating insights based on his experiences. Several strands to this issue. One strand is because those who have the faith of Islam are diligent in practicing that religion and they will stand up for their rights and they will ensure that they have places to pray, that their food is a particular way. And this, I believe, sensitizes the prison guards and the prison system to them. Now, other inmates will often feel that they're being given special treatment, but really they're demanding correct treatment. So that, in one sense, highlights those of, uh, of the Islamic faith. The other side of it is that there are in prisons, let's call them gangs for a better word, um, but there are groups within prison, as you can imagine, who protect each other and look after each other. And so there can be a tendency, and we've I've seen this evidence of this in some of the reports, because I get to read reports of complaints, and there'll be complaints of non-Muslim prisoners against Muslim prisoners, saying that they get favoritism and special treatment and things like that. So that, that's quite... Um, that does happen. Um, in terms of recruitment, certainly I'm not aware of overt recruitment, but I'm aware of anecdotal recruitment where people who have entered the system, particularly in the young, young offenders institution, people obviously end, entered and on their forms they've put no religion. And then if they're on a particular on longer sentences, you'll find that after three, four years, they suddenly put um, Islam on the form as their religion. 
So there is there is a tendency for if people are going to convert to faith. Although, again, recently we've seen that a lot of Christian conversions are happening in prison as well. And I think they've always been there. But once again, because um, Muslims will speak up, particularly around um, halal foods, they have to speak up because that's a religion. So they become uh, very visible, whereas other religions are less visible. I think this caused a lot of issues to arise, which are perhaps uh, uh, issues of understanding rather than issues of equality. So, yeah, there, there are, there, there, I have seen, I've experienced and read reports around a lot of heightened tension between Muslim and non-Muslim prisoners. Certain level of intimidation by what I suppose the press would call radicalized Islam. And anecdotally, I can't say this for a fact, but I believe that some people want to get the benefits, and this happens outside of prisons, some people want the benefits of being within the Islamic faith, and therefore they are not what you'd call um, good practicing Muslims. And I think the, the, the stronger Muslims will encourage them <laughs> that if they are going to say they're, they're decla- you know, they make a declaration, then they have to live up to it. After hearing from Michael Don Smith, we wanted to hear the point of view of someone who has to deal with the inmates, namely a prison officer. Although we had to protect our identity, we can share with you a conversation we had over some coffee. I'm a prison officer at Her Majesty Prison, been so for about the last eight years. I work in the Offenders Management Unit, dealing with high risk. In my role as a prison officer, I'm responsible for the security supervision and of course the rehabilitation of people who are committed to prison by the courts. Part of my job is to motivate prisoners to do what is best for themselves and others around them within a safe and healthy environment. Uh, Many of the times people assume prison officers are about being physical, taking down inmates, stopping fights and so on. To be honest, my role is much deeper than this. Of course we have to be physical with prisoners when it's required, but the majority of the time it's about connecting with them, understanding the situation they're in, talking to them, to develop a good professional relationship they can come, so they can come to us when they need help. I work directly with prisoners and a key part of this job is to promote pro-social behaviour. Well, the whole topic about around Muslims in prison has been a bit of a heated issue and as you said how the media has dealt with the situation, I can only tell you what I've experienced. I don't know what other officers are dealing with on the other side of the UK. Muslims uh, inside. To be fair, there are good there are good Muslim prisoners, and you can come across some who are violent, some extreme. But it's the same for every group you meet. Just consider the people who live on your street. Not every house is going to be kind and welcoming. Some people are generous. Some people couldn't care less. I've met some really nice Muslim inmates who were in prison for something they've done, and they regret it with the support which the institute provides. Have turned their life around. Well, I hope so, at least. Religious gangs do operate in prison, no doubt about this. I witness this. But the motive behind these groups are not for religious purposes. Because deep down they are frightened and therefore use Islam to make themselves feel safe. As you know, Muslims, religious or not, if you disrespect their faith, they are ready to defend it. The thing with Islam is, because of what it teaches, and I know a decent amount about Islam because my neighbours are Muslim, I have a decent relationship with them. Every Ramadan, they'll give us food and invite us to, what is it called when you're allowed to eat when the sun goes down? I'm from a council estate myself, so I know what some of these guys are going through. I know how to relate to them and show them respect and get respect in return. I believe this is really important in in getting them to connect with people. It aids their rehabilitation no end. 
So I've been told about Islam, and I believe the faith is a very good faith. And every other faith out there is as well, but people aren't good at practicing it the way it should be. That's why when a Muslim does something outrageous, we're quick to stereotype. Don't get me wrong, I believe we all fall victim to it. It's human behaviour to judge people. You know what I mean? But the thing with these gangs is that they use Islam not not to serve their faith, but to serve themselves. By using the name Islam, it brings a lot of feelings and takes it to another level. So there are guys out there thinking, we need to support our Muslims and join. This is not every Muslim, only a minority. Others just mind their own business and want to get out because they're sick of being there. Muhammad Abul Kalam is a Muslim chaplain in Warrington HM prison. He talks candidly and in depth about how over his time working with the youngsters, more and more have come to accept the faith of Islam. He also talks about the unique role he plays with both Muslims and people of other faiths. He shares a number of surprising and unexpected anecdotes in regards to this. Um, there's no doubt about it. Uh, it, does go, it does happen. And uh, we've also experienced such activity in our prison as well, where young people are kind of bullied into into accepting Islam. I wouldn't say it's open forcing is a given a choice. Some people, they feel the pressure. <clears throat> well, actually, 70% of um, converts to Islam, um, they look at it as a sense of belonging um, to the Muslim, you could say, gang culture or community within the prison, uh, within prisons. Because in most prisons that I've visited, um, the Muslims tend to stick together and sometimes non-Muslims see this and they see it as a, as a community which they could be part of if they were to accept Islam. But at the same time, you do get um, genuine people that are actually interested in Islam and are just out of uh, the attraction of, of Islam. Uh, they feel that they they want to be part of this religion. I haven't seen it myself, but you, I mean, in in the prison you get um, minutes, morning minutes, uh, which the senior management team uh, are part of during a meeting which they take, which takes place every morning in the prison, and you do hear about um, instances where OYPs have actually um, forced p- people, threatening in a threatening manner, to become Muslim, but I can't say that um, I've. S- I've come across any uh, any uh, incident where somebody's been violently yeah. um, threatened to become Muslim. To, if I'm if I'm completely honest, it's it's completely against the teachings of Islam. It's quite clear in the Quran. Allah mentions in the Quran, that there's no compulsion in in religion. One cannot force somebody to do something, not only within the religion but also to force somebody to accept the religion. It's, up, uh, it's completely up to the individual whether they accept Islam or not. If they accept, then uh, then uh, I guess happy days. But if not, then you know you, you can't. There's no uh, discrimination or there's no any uh, any sort of negative behaviour. One uh, is is allowed to to direct towards that individual. Salahuddin Ayyubi, um, when uh, he conquered um, the blessed land of Jerusalem, and um, this was during the time of the Crusades, when uh, the Christian Crusades were going on. Uh, once, um, Sal- uh, Sheikh Salahuddin Ayyubi alayhi, conquered uh, Palestine and Jerusalem. Um, he, he gave the option to the inhabitants of, of Jerusalem and the surrounding areas, who were not only Muslim, but they were also, uh, there were also Jews and Christians living there. He, he offered them the option of accepting Islam. Uh, if not, then you're welcome to stay. 
and um, I mean you get um, there's very many different characters in prison um, like you like you mentioned before there are the bullies uh, and unfortunately some of them are Muslim Muslim lads as well um, there's some lads that are in there they some of them it's literally they were in the wrong place at the wrong time some of them some of them if I'm honest they don't even need this this rehabilitation they don't deserve prison if, if you know what I mean yeah as mentioned before I've seen so many so many changes and not only from the work environment but also from from the lads there from the non-muslim prisoners as well there was a time when I first started I felt uncomfortable around um, in particular I'd say the white um, prisoners you kind of felt that they probably felt uncomfortable about around myself as well but now I mean the amount of respect that you know I can honestly say throughout the whole prison from the governor uh, right down to the last the last prisoner you know there's respect across the whole board um, and not only that um, you know you, you sense that embrace you know from from everybody whether they are black white Asian um, you know oriental you feel that kind of respect it really gives me a sense of satisfaction that I've done I've done my job to a certain degree what has been amazing in the last I would say six months is the amount of white young white boys that are embracing Islam um, it's uh, it's amazing uh, I mean we've, we've got about as mentioned before we've got about 35 Muslim lads in the prison uh, we've got about five white white lads you know when I started I could never have imagined that what will happen is, um, we'll, we'll, if the lads want to become Muslim, they'll tell us during the week. We won't do it, actually we don't do it just like that, off the cuff. We'll tell them to come to the Friday prayers, come and observe the uh, the, the service, the, the Jummah. Come and listen to the talk, come and watch us pray and then, then make a decision. Don't just make a decision from what somebody said or what you've read as well. Experience it for yourself, see, live it you know, to a certain degree and then make that decision. So they'll probably come for a couple of Fridays, uh, come and observe, and then then make the decision that they'd, whether they'd want to become Muslim or not. Once they've made that decision, we'll call them up on on the Friday, tell them to shower up, um, have a shower with the rest of the Muslim lads on the Friday morning, come for Friday prayers, and then we'll take the shahada just before the Friday prayers. You get the lads, some of the lads that are propagating it. You get some of the lads that are. You could say probably bullying, bullying uh, the lads. They f- they feel that. Well, when I say bully, that pressure uh, to become Muslim um, because they want want to be part of or affiliated with uh, the Muslim lads or the gang in, in inside in inside the prison. And some of them they have just um, a genuine uh, interest. Just uh, last week, actually, again, basically this this guy this lad is tattooed up and down his body apparently he's from uh, a very predominantly white area which is uh, which is not known to be uh, friendly yeah, islam friendly or muslim friendly but this lad is also um, he's got he's got issues as in mental issues as well now this lad um, you would never imagine that he'd, he'd want he'd have any interest in islam or he'd have any pull or any um, any any um, like for islam but um, he came up to one of our chaplains uh, last week and said, um, I'd like to come to Friday prayers and observe. So it's it's amazing. I mean, I can't see anybody trying to bully him because nobody really talks to him, nobody really associates with him. Um, so sometimes it's just a genuine interest. Um, people want to know about Islam. We close with a powerful message. The following excerpts are taken from a YouTube channel known as Speed Dower 
an interview with a former hip-hop icon, once a true gangster in the truest sense. Mutabil, better known as Napoleon, part of the late Tupac Shakur's entourage. Muta talks about embracing Islam and his spiritual journey in the following clips. My name is Muta Bill, some might know me as Napoleon, former member of the Tupac Outlaws. I come from a, um, a culture and a background in the entertainment business where we really didn't have respect for too many other people around us. I come from a environment, I come from a world in the entertainment business, man, where the main thing that was on our mind was money. We come from a, a, a side of the world where we believe that money is our ultimate happiness. So therefore, you hear all types of stories where individuals would do anything to make a dollar. You hear people murder their own brothers, murder their own parents just to come up and make some money. And for what? To find out that once you get yourself in that situation, you're still depressed. You're still not happy because money is not going to only bring happiness. In most cases, it brings more problems. So I was caught up in that life, man, and I was searching. And inside of me, I was dying. You know, I was looking for reasons, man, to even get somebody to murder me. We definitely didn't have respect for women. You know, we used to use the woman like a commodity. We'd tell a girl that basically she's a model, you know, abuser, user, put in a record, put in a video give a couple hundred dollars, go to the next woman. We had no respect for the environment that was around us. We didn't even have respect for ourselves. You know what I mean? This was our life. This was our life. I come from a hood, I come from a community that if you show kindness towards a woman, you consider a weak individual. So with that type of mentality being pressed upon you, man, it make you almost harsh towards the people around you and it make you mostly harsh towards women. But after accepting the religion of Islam, it was like a wake-up call. I come to realize that the way that I was living my life was actually in opposition to the way the creator of the heavens and the earth wanted me to live my life. You know, the religion of Islam, for example, the first time that I ever seen the respect of any other religion, the respect that they give a woman was through the religion of Islam. Many narrations in our Quran and our book that we don't oppress no one, that we don't oppress the woman. Also, the religion of Islam teaches us that we don't oppress anyone, whether he be a Jew, Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, we don't oppress an individual. Because the Prophet said, beware of oppression. So with the advice we want to give out to the Muslims, man, that this religion of Islam is a mercy to mankind. So what about the way we're supposed to deal with other individuals, man? It's a religion that we should, uh, we should behave and, and, and live a characteristic and live a life that the religion of Islam called us to. And what the religion of Islam called to was uprighteousness in every single thing. So when the Muslim walk outside of the door, we shouldn't have the neighbors afraid of us. We should make the neighbors say, man, I'm glad that I live next door to a Muslim because I know that this is an individual who's not going to oppress me. This is an individual that fear his Lord. He's not going to do anything that I have to be afraid of. You have many brothers from the roadside to Islam that before prior to the religion of Islam that they were some of the worst people in their communities. Some of the worst murderers or gangsters or drug dealers. And when they accept the religion of Islam, you would have never believed that they come from that life. After hearing the heartfelt words of the gangster rapper turned Muslim Muta Beel, epitomized a gang culture imitated by so many, that very lifestyle that may have led those followers into prison and sometimes even worse scenarios. It's also clear what a contrast becoming a Muslim has been for Muta. Gone is the misogyny, the culture of violence, the hatred, the pursuit of material gain at all cost. And in place of those undesirable qualities, are wholesome teachings based upon time-honored Islamic traditions. Surely there is hope that these offenders who have chosen Islamic values will leave prison reformed and ready to contribute to society and ready to contribute to society in a positive way. No doubt there is some evidence of forced conversion, something clearly against the values and teachings of Islam. It is fair to say 
Those seeking to proselytize in this way are among a small minority, while the vast majority of newcomers to the Islamic faith are clearly driven by curiosity rather than by coercion. Ashha. 